Hey everyone and welcome back to Good Lords News Agent Podcast. My name, as always, is Andrea Warmington and I'm the Senior Content Strategist here at Good Lord. Today's episode is a recording of our recent webinar, the third and final of our State of the Lettings Industry series. It features Peter Knight, founder of the Property Academy and Good Lord's Ollie Sherlock, discussing the report's findings on lettings professionals' outlook for the industry and key concerns and priorities for the coming year. Don't forget, you can still download the State of the Lettings Industry report from goodlord.co slash newsagent. But in the meantime, let's get into the webinar. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's State of the Industry uh, Good Lord webinar. This is the third in the series. Um, if you've joined us all the way through, we've been delighted to be joined by Paul Champlina, Christian Byfield. Um, and today um, we have another industry stalwart. Uh, I hope Peter doesn't mind me calling him that. And we're joined by Peter Knight, the founder of Property Academy. Today is about reflecting on the State of the Industry uh, report um, that you may well have read. We shared this um, a couple of months ago now. Um, and this is a report that we look to, to glean information out of um, all the stakeholders throughout the industry. Uh, and we're joined today again by Peter Knight. Um, good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ollie. And thank you very much for that kind introduction. And uh, I've been called a lot worse than stalwart. So thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, it's, great, it's great to be here. And uh, I, I hope that uh, our conversation will be of benefit for, for all the uh, people who have joined today. And thank, thank you for, for all you guys giving up your time. Indeed, indeed. Peter, can you just give us a bit of a background on, on yourself, please, for those who maybe, I mean, I can't believe there's many out there that, that haven't, haven't heard of Peter Knight, but for those who don't know, um, who okay. is Peter Knight? Okay, so I'll give you uh, the, 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 the trouble with having 42 years in the industry, it's how far back you want to go, but <laughs> I, I left school and became an estate agent. So, you know, I've been, I've been in this industry all my life and, uh, and uh, in different roles. Um, and I'm, I went from being a negotiator to a manager to eventually becoming a managing director of, of a larger state agency business, which we sold to the Halifax uh, in those halcyon days. And uh, I eventually then became group managing director of Halifax for a brief period uh, for the London region, about 125 branches. Um, and I founded the Property Academy um, 12 years ago, fundamentally to uh, fulfill what I believe is my own purpose and that of my business, which is to inspire people to fulfill their potential. I have a belief that every individual and every organization has unfulfilled potential. And my purpose is to inspire people to fulfill theirs. So we work with a large number of different firms. Um, and indeed, we have a specialist group comprising just lettings and property management businesses, some of whom are, I believe, to be amongst the best in the, in the industry. And, and what's really great is when you're working with some of the best it really causes you to have to be on your game. You can't just mm. trot out the same stuff. So I'm a constant learner, seeking constantly to improve. And, 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 and that's one of our core values and behaviours is we love to learn and share. So, um, of course, we, we run a, uh, an event called the EA Masters, the largest event in the industry. And that's taking place, or the live version of that takes place next week, which is fantastic to have over a 1,000 people gathered back in person. Really excited about that. And we also run the Best Estate Agent Guide Awards, and those will be announced on uh, next Wednesday. Um, but it's the single largest assessment in the industry. Uh, we, we analyze over 3 billion data sets. Uh, we carry out the most exhaustive mystery shop and also new for this year, web analysis as well, digital marketing analysis. There's nothing like it. And that doesn't make me an expert, but it does mean that I've got insight into uh, the industry from the perspective of, of the, what the best agents are doing. So I'm hoping that I can share some of that today with you, Ollie, or as much of it as you'd like me to. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, thrilled to be here, as I said earlier. Thank you. No, th thank you very much. And, and very appreciate your time, given that the EA Masters is just around the corner. Your diary, I'm sure, is extremely busy. So thanks again. So um, today, um, Peter and I are going to talk through a number of points. Um, and again, we're here to interact with, with, with our, with our um, viewers as well. So please do use that Q&A um, at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the screen. Um, we're going to discuss shifting sentiment in the lettings industry. Uh, again, again, part of our, our state of the industry report. Um, we're going to evaluate the concerns around legislation and the lack of stock. I think that's a really the, the second one of those um, is something that's definitely popping into conversations I'm having with agents frequently around concerns around stock and how to win more stock. Um, and we're going to talk about prioritising winning landlords and generating more revenue. 
Um, I think me and Peter maybe believe um, the same thing here. The two can be mutually exclusive. You don't have to separate the two. Um, there is a lot of value in what you offer as a letting agent, and surely we don't need to tell you that, uh, but we're here to support you. Um, and as always, the, the, the guise of this is to support you, not to teach you to suck eggs, as it were. So um, at any stage, um, you know, if you feel we're doing that, apologies. That isn't what we're trying to do here. We're trying to also add value uh, through extensive data reporting through the industry report, but also leaning on Peter's 42 years experience. Um, so I'm sorry to highlight again, Peter, 40, 42 years. I've done it for a third time. Um, excuse me. Um, right. Let's get into it. So um, we went out and asked um, agents what their priority um, was in the next year. And quite interestingly, um, winning new winning more landlords was at the top, um, Peter. However, um, year on year versus um, 2020's results, that had declined by quite a seismic 17%. Um, let's deal with that straight away. Why do you think, from an agent's perspective, um, they're placing less emphasis on winning new landlords into, into next year? Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I find that a surprising statistic, actually, Ollie. Um, and um, it's interesting that, that that should be the case. Um, particularly as with our own surveys, um, we carry out um, a home moving trends landlord and tenant survey each year, and 30,000 people active in the marketplace take part in each year. And we, we do that in partnership with our friends at Dataloft. So they actually, the brainy folk there actually carry out the surveys and, uh, and provide us with the information. And I've got some examples with me here to add to your uh, extensive research. And what's interesting is that... Um, when, 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 when we ask landlords, do you intend in the next one to two years um, to um, expand your portfolio, reduce it, or stay the same? Um, 18% of landlords said that they planned to um, increase their portfolio, uh, with just 12% saying that they planned to decrease their portfolio. So a net six plus 6%. So perhaps that might be actually a recognition from agents that they've got Plenty of landlords that just need to extract more value from the landlords that they already have. And I think that that is a, is a really important theme um, uh, for, for many. I also think that one of the, one of the issues for, for, for firms, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, is, that, is the difficulty of attracting more landlords. I mean, it's not easy. You know, They don't sort of just turn up and hand the keys in uh, if, if they ever did. They certainly don't now. So you know, I, I can see agents actually saying our, our challenges and, and opportunities rest as much with our existing portfolio and extracting maximum value from that, as opposed to merely adding to uh, the portfolio that we've already got. Yeah, and I think the, the, the sort of trade-off here, in a way, in, in my eyes anyway, is that agents are looking at this going, potentially winning more landlords is harder, despite the, the 18%. I think there is a sentiment at the moment that we're hearing that agents find new stock um, you know, hard to come by. And, and as you clearly know, they don't just walk in off the street and say, please take my property. Um, there's some hard fought battles out there with more agents obviously competing than, than probably ever before. Um, but interestingly, finding new ways of generating revenue um, has surged up. Uh, by 7%. 23% of agents noted that. And I wonder whether that's agents sort of trading off of saying, actually, if it is a little harder to win landlords, then I really do need to pivot my, my business a little more um, and find new ways to generate revenue to replace potential growth that I would have seen maybe in years gone by. Um, I wonder if that's a hypothesis agents are weighing up in their mind. I, th I, th I think it is, Ollie. And, and look, <clears throat> I've had the really great fortune to work with some amazing people. And, you know, <laughs> That old saying about, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And and uh, I can tell you now, I, I, I'm, I'm so often in the right room, I can't even begin to tell you. And, you both. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, well, not least of all, with some of the, the folk, a uh, good Lord, quite frankly, people like the chief executive, William Reeve, you know, who's who's just an extraordinary individual. But two, two estate agents I've had the good fortune to work with extensively and who have become really good personal friends of mine. Dale Norton, the founder of Romans, uh, and Peter Rollings, who was the former managing director of Foxton's and then went on to um, buy out Marsh and Parsons and became CEO there. And, and both Dale and Peter actually are advisors to trusted advisors to the Property Academy, and indeed Peter chairs some of our groups. Um, and the thing I learned from both of them um, was that actually there's so much more opportunity within the existing business. Dale, Dale always used to say, he said, the trouble with so many estate agents, they go for vanity metrics, how many branches they've got, how many, how many instructions they're winning, when actually, if they looked at it instead in terms of what the actual value is per transaction, 
then, then they would see things very differently. And he had this term, he, he liked to always squeeze the lemon. Dale, one, Dale, one of Dale's sort of common things was, are we squeezing the lemon hard enough rather than going picking new lemons? And Peter Rollings introduced to me many years ago a concept he called the blended fee. And it was this idea, whether it was on the lettings business or on the sales business or combined, that a client will, many clients will, will uh, over the lifetime, will have both. Uh, they'll both be a sales client and they'll also be a landlord client. And indeed, we know that buyers become sellers and, and, and tenants become buyers, become sellers. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a natural sort of progression. So I actually think that whilst the industry historically perhaps has been very much chasing the, the, the active home mover that's out there, I think there's a realization now that there's a lot more opportunity that resides within a database, that resides within the existing client base, and actually extracting that value is not only good for the agent, it's also good for the customer. Because the way to extract value is to provide more of the goods and services that the customer wants. You know, not least of all, in the areas that you're a specialist in, Ollie, in terms of all the insurance products that, 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 that are available, which, you know, quite frankly, for some landlords in this last 18 months, have been an absolute godsend, you know, that they, 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 they did take out these policies that Good yeah. Lord has, has, has enabled them to do. So I think that, that uh, I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that stat that, that agents generally are seeing now, that it's not just about going out and, 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 and winning, the, winning the instruction. Of course, that's a part of it, but there's a lot more to it as well. And and I, I completely agree. And I, I would also argue that these two points actually can be mutually exclusive. You can find new ways of generating revenue and win more landlords. They, they don't have to be separated. And I think the risk that some agents face is that they see generating new revenue. Let's you, know, you mentioned insurance, and it could be um, other services. They see them as subsidiary services. And actually, you know, when you look at the overall proposition you give to a landlord, what agents are doing out there, especially in the last 15, 18 months, is miraculous. Yeah. You know, there's so much value that agents add. Um, and on that basis, you know, I'd like to think actually when you're searching as an agent for new new ways to generate revenue, you're tying that back in to the overall management service you're providing. Because one of my biggest frustrations, and anybody that's attended the Good Lord Roundtables over the years will know that I, I, I harp on, uh, for want of a better phrase, um, about, you know, really assessing value in the fee that you're obtaining. And it's so frustrating when agents, you know, feel like they're not getting the fee they deserve because they're fearful of their competitors. And actually, in reality, it's about what you're offering. It's the service you're offering, isn't it, Peter, in terms of understanding what the client's needs are, then matching those new ways to generate revenue back in with an ability to win new landlords and creating a niche, maybe. Ollie, it was, um, uh, it was about 10 years ago. Um, it was at uh, our, our main event that was then called Lettings Live. It's now the part of the EA Masters. And I remember standing up um, and, and saying to the audience, um, this industry is going is, is has or is changing from sales and lettings to lettings and sales. And at the time, given the um, proliferation of, of and, and, and the way that sales is, is such a dominant force in a state agency, even though I'm sure the majority of the uh, uh, the viewers here today would, would, would agree that it's lettings is the, is the real is the real value add for, for the business. Still, sales is for many the weather maker. It's the barometer, you know, uh, how it's doing. Now, actually, I, I think I was wrong. What I should have said is that this this industry has gone from sales and lettings, and it all, and has gone to property management and sales. And I think that the days of just simply doing the transactional, finding a tenant, and that's it, and, and earning a commission from there. My sense is that that's no longer, if it was ever, appropriate. And certainly with our members, what we're looking to do is to cause them to move from being transactional-focused to relationship-focused, from, from being an agent that introduces a, a tenant um, to becoming a trusted advisor that is properly helping both landlords and tenants, or as I prefer to call them now, uh, as one of our members, uh, um, Spencer Lawrence at Paramount has introduced the term, he's changed the word tenant to resident, which I think is a much more appropriate uh, uh, term for where we are at in, in, in this time. But more on that perhaps later. So the, mm. the, the key point you make, and I think I absolutely endorse it, is this. If, if it was ever appropriate just to go chasing down deals and, and putting tenants in place, which I don't think it was, by the way, 
It's it, that is that 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 methodology I think is completely outdated. And my sense is that what we need to do is is have a very different thought process around the whole role of the agent. And I think it's much more about us being advisors, about being trusted advisors, about us being asset managers as opposed to property managers, and, and working with our, our owners or landlords and working with our tenants or residents and making sure that we are adding value to all of them through the, the journey, as opposed to the, if you pardon the phrase, the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am approach that used to exist in this industry before. Mm. And I think actually what we're seeing is, is substantial change in, in regards to that. Uh, you know, I'm delighted to see agents actually um, evolve. And I think the pandemic has almost supercharged some of that change, actually, and forced agents in a way to think about, actually, what am I trying to achieve here? What is What are my longer term ambitions here rather than what this quarter's results look like? Um, and actually, you know, having the inability to be in the office, the inability to be face to face, you know, it's clear to me that agents have worked extremely hard on their branding, on their core messages messaging, their proposition overall. Um, and we've seen that from a good law perspective in terms of how, you know, how we're supporting them in different ways now than maybe we were in, in three or four years, years ago. Um, on that note, um, it's interesting to see actually in 2021 versus 2020, um, a, a 5% uplift in agents' um, you know, main priority being reducing admin time. Now, there's an obvious pitch there, Peter. I promise not to pitch, good Lord, so I'll, 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 I'll try not to. Um, but the point being is actually, there is plenty of businesses out there that can help um, reduce admin time. Um, you know, I, I clearly have a vested interest in Goodwood and would like to think we've built the best one. Um, but the fact that agents are now looking at this is seismic. So I remember um, when when sort of was Goodwood started and I joined, you know, you would talk to agents around, you know, their, their process. And, you know, the, the line was really, well, this is how we've always done it. And it was quite a struggle to get agents to change. But do you think now agents are more critical of themselves, maybe because of the pandemic or maybe because other agents are improving and assessing things like this in more minutiae detail? Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to potentially be uh, somewhat controversial now, Ollie. And uh, and if I offend anybody, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I once read uh, uh, that the, the the price of the price of clarity is the risk of insult, and and, I, and I'm prepared to take that risk. And, but I back it up with research. Here's the first thing. The gap between the best and the average, not the best and the worst, the gap between the best and the average agent in every metric is widening. And what we're seeing is a, uh, a, a percentage, the top 5, 10, probably up to top 10% of agents are, are moving ever further away from the average. And the average is actually, the bar is really low. So in terms of, in terms of looking to reduce admin time, that's a clear demonstration from some of the better agents, not only in terms of them operating more cost-effectively themselves, but actually improving their service. I like to see that as being an improvement for their service to their, to their, to their clients because you know, the admin burden is, is, is considerable. Now, here's the controversial bit. I'm actually of the opinion that all this legislative change, which we're going to talk about in a moment, and all of the onerous burdens that have been put onto the agents, and for that matter, also the property owners who are landlords as well, I actually think, I think that is really bad news for poor agents. And I think it's actually really good news for good agents. And the reason for that is the good agents will find ways to deliver for their clients and provide them with um, you know, this sort of done-for-you service and properly done-for-you, not sort of just you know, sort of duck-and-dive style service, properly done-for-you service. And I think the best are going to continue to go further and further and further ahead from, from the average. And as a consequence of that, yes, they are going to need to have uh, tools and, and they're going to need to automate to be able to drive a quality of service that is consistent and, and that delivers uh, on the expectations now of both the, the landlord owner and the, and the tenant resident, whose expectations are ever increasing in terms of what they, what they want from, 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 uh, from their agent and, and indeed from, from, from the property that they're either letting or, or renting. So I think that, the, that this is commensurate with, and my guess is your survey is probably skewed towards the better end of the agents as opposed, as opposed to the majority, quite frankly. 
um, because this is this is totally in alignment with what we're seeing in our surveys. And I think actually the staff have a role to play in this. I think um, staff within agency actually expect better now as well. Um, you know, I don't think staff are are that um, content with having to push a piece of paper from A to B and that be a menial task that's actually a big focus or a big part of their day. Um, I think, you know, letting staff um, especially are demanding more uh, and not in a um, a childish way. You know, I want more. They're demanding more to be able to support the business further. I think people are, are more invested in what they're trying to achieve. I think because businesses' brands have improved and their core messaging and that, that idea of longevity with a with a client that they could be a tenant this year and five years later, a buyer, then 10 years later, a, a new landlord. You know, that emphasis means that staff want consistency. But they want to be able to do a good job. And, you know, arguably, it's hard to feel real value in pushing a piece of paper from A to B. And we, we certainly recognize actually staff play a massive part in shaping this kind of result because they will be at the the ankles of the the md or the lessons director saying do you know what this isn't efficient you know i know this is how you've done it but at my last place we changed it slightly and we did this and you can see that evolution actually taking place which is i think just positive across the board for for staff for letting agents but also importantly for tenants and landlords because they'll get a better experience ollie for 18 for the last 18 months um in fact just prior to the lockdown I introduced a concept to our members and I've been banging this drum and I will continue to bang this drum until things change. And it's called CX 4.0. It's the it's the, uh, the next level of customer experience. And we've had, in my opinion, we've had four. 1.0 is what I call the store. Um, it's where basically people went and bought goods and services locally. If the store didn't have them, they substituted and they went without or they went without, right? Um, and there were lots of iterations of that and it developed into the high street and so on and so forth. But in simple terms, it was local. People bought locally. Then we had 2.0. That happened around the 1950s, late 50s, early 60s. It, that was the era of brand, where brands took off. Brands existed before, but the era of Mad Men and the whole, that was where brand came into play. People no longer just bought on locality. They bought goods and services based on the brands. And agents typically have been really good at one and really good at two, right? The best agents were really good. However, around 2000, we entered 3.0, the digital era. That's where suddenly everybody wanted everything now. And in my opinion, agents were really slow off the mark. They were still in 1.0 and 2.0. We're local and we've got a good reputation. They did not embrace digital to the degree that they needed to or automate. And here's the thing for those who are still behind the curve on that. We've now entered 4.0. And 4.0 has three key pillars to it. People want things to be functional and uplifting. They want things to be consistent and individual. And they no longer expect people just to respond. They expect their needs to be anticipated. In other words, we've moved into a period of proactive. So what does that mean? This means, actually, in my opinion, that as opposed to the old way of thinking, which was, right, we've got our service proposition. We're we're a premium end. We're we're high-level service end, whatever, whatever you've chosen to go for. The next stage used to be, what people do I need to deliver on that proposition? And then we used to go, and what tech or outsourcing services are available to support those people? I'm suggesting flipping that 180 degrees, designing the proposition, getting really clear about your competitive advantage and how you will deliver a service commensurate with the 4.0 world we're in. And the first thing to do is to say, and how can I automate that? And how can I outsource as well to, in order to mitigate the spikes, which, of course, the pandemic highlighted. But let's face it, black swan moments cause spikes in terms of transaction numbers. And therefore, in order to operate profitably, we need to think about how we manage the spikes. And outsourcing is another way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Having done that, it is then about what I call the essential people. Because people are, of course, essential in terms of the delivery of an outstanding service. And this is where I'm thinking it's flipping it around, starting with saying, how can we how can we put tech in place? How can we automate? How can we outsource? And then what are the essential people that we absolutely need to have to deliver our proposition? And I think that's the change of mindset that the best agents are adopting now and beginning to implement. And it's really showing dividends for them as well. 
And and if you take um, if you take the right process uh, as efficient and streamlined as possible, delivering a better customer service to all stakeholders, you then get the right people in place that can focus on the core objectives and that lends itself to their skill sets, uh, as opposed to trying to pit, fit people in square peg round holes. Um, ultimately, that should then um, diverge into helping you to achieve a higher management fee because all of a sudden you've got a you know a higher level of proposition, um, a better understanding of what your your target audience is, and more time as well to focus on spending quality time with landlords, for example, and actually consulting with them. And interestingly, final point in this slide: four percent increase uh, on agents' priorities um, uh, from 2020 to, uh, 2020 to 2021, um, as as ten percent of agents um, prioritising achieving a higher management fee. Um, Personally, I would always like to see this at the top. Um, I, it, it, again, as I've already noted, it's a general frustration. I just think we devalue ourselves uh, far too quickly um, a, a, as an industry. And I, I believe so strongly um, in the work that we do, not only for landlords, but for tenants. Um, and we, yes, we, we, measure, yeah. we measure as an industry. I'm talking as an industry now, not, not any individual firm uh, per se, but as an industry. I think for too long, we've been driven by the wrong metrics, um, you know, we've been driven by volume. We've been driven by numbers of instructions. We've been driven by market share. I'm not saying those things don't have a place. Of course they do. But I don't think they're right as the key, key drivers. What we should be looking at is, is the value that we're generating both for our customers and for ourselves. Mm. And in my, in my opinion, that you know, look, we had Seth Godin speak at last year's EA Masters. And he I also remember. Did a, it's you know, amazing. Well, he's an, he's an, but where we, we were also very lucky to, to we secure, well, we paid him uh, to come and speak <laughs> to our members as well. And, and he gave an exclusive session for our members. Um, and and, and he, he kept on going on about what he calls the smallest viable audience. And he makes the point so well. But if you try to service everybody, you end up servicing probably nobody very well. You become beige or vanilla or just bland because you're trying to be all things to all people. Whereas if you instead set out your stall to say, this is who we are, this is what we do. And what that requires, therefore, is who is not our customers. And when I go around our members and when I go around other estate agency businesses and I see hundreds, you know, it's, you know, it's great to be back out on the road and meeting so many agents. When I go into their property management departments, I just say, one of my stock questions is, can you tell me who your worst one, two or three landlords are? And every time without fail, you know, the individual property manager, oh, yes, and they'll start to struggle. And I'm like, and I say to the business owner, why are you letting these people, right, take up so much of your property manager's time. So a you know, property manager with a portfolio of 100 or 150 properties can tell you in great detail about that one or two individuals who are just a nightmare to deal with. And by the way, in, ev- in almost every case when we've investigated it, not only are those individuals a complete pain in the ass, but also they're paying the lowest fees. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it, 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 it's so common. And it, it's normally because they've been forced into a proposition that actually was never fit for purpose in the first place. You know, a let-only landlord that, that was, you know, essentially really hard sold rent collection or full of management. And actually, you know, they're, they're the wrong choices to make because the investment in time thereafter is is completely outweighed. Um, just on on, our, on high management fees, um, something that we, we, we talked about a lot in our roundtables as well, that seems to not transfer from sales into lettings is that letting agents you, you can use the decimal point and please do uh, it doesn't always have to be a round figure so you know when you when you're that you're getting feel like you're getting hit on fees um you know taking 0.4 off um is is probably a great idea versus taking a whole percent off and we sit so often agents taking a full percent off to try and compete and actually you know you're cutting your nose off to spite your face in some respects you know Ollie, you're so right and, and actually for, you don't mind me saying it's even worse than that because there's a thing there's a real issue around odd and even numbers and this relates in in in, in sales as well as well as in um so for example you take property management fees okay they tend to go eight percent ten percent twelve percent now, 15% is the outlier, which, which is, of course, what people aim for. But they drop from 15 to 12, and then they drop from 12. I don't know what it is about odd numbers. When we do, when we are, and we ask thousands, I mean thousands of landlords, what are you actually paying in terms of management fees? And, and when you plot it on the graph, 8%, 9%, 10%, 11%, 12%, it's, it's really strange. So you make a great point here. The other thing I'd say is this. <laughs> Agents need to make the, invis- make the invisible visible. What I mean by that is they need to demonstrate what they're doing for their fees. 
Mm. I think so many just wrap it up in terms of full management. I mean, and what, is, what does that mean, you know, as opposed to partial management? What does, what does that actually mean? What does it look like? What are you actually going to do? And my sense is that, you know, landlords also, another big issue, it's another drum I beat hard. Landlords are so different. If you go on the majority of estate agency websites, they'll have a tab that says landlords, and they'll talk to them as if they're one collective. Hang on a second. An individual who's an accidental landlord because they have not been able to sell their property, let's say, right, is a very different individual compared to somebody with a portfolio of five, six, ten properties that they've built up over a period of time. You know, a couple that have moved in together and decided to keep both properties and let one of them out because they're moving in together, they're in a very different situation to somebody who's letting their home out with the intention of returning to their home in three or four years' time after a work placement, let's say, abroad. And their drivers are different. So what I don't understand is why we have this catch-all of landlords. Why instead do we not actually talk to them individually? Are you letting for the first time? Is this your first buy to let? Have you found yourself in an, and, and talk to them individually and truly recommend the appropriate service for the appropriate individual? And in many instances... Right. Let's face it. You've been in this business long enough, Ollie, not 42 years yet, but you've been, you've been around long enough to know that, you know, it's only a case of when a landlord is going to have a challenge. Right. Not if. Yeah. But, you know, if, you, if you've been a landlord for three, five, 10 years, you know, even with just one property, you're going to have had some, some challenging moments. Of right? course. So you know, it's a case of agents rather than trying to market this utopian, we'll take care of it all. There'll be no hassle. It'll all be sort of it's BS, quite frankly, right? It's not like that at all. It is fraught with challenges. It is even more so today with all the legislative issues that have to be addressed, all the compliance issues that have to be addressed, and so on. So don't try and sugarcoat it and pretend somehow that this industry is just, oh, it's, you know, we'll take care of everything and make it simple. No. This is actually, it's a bit like, it's a bit like going up a, a mountain. You know, you, you, need, a, you need a guide, right? Mm. You, you, need, you, need, you need experienced people to help you. You need the proper equipment and the proper tech to, to, to enable you to, to, to ascend in an appropriate and safe way. And I think that the best estate agents should see themselves as, as those trusted guides that will help to navigate the most appropriate route up the mountain for the landlords and make sure that they're safe all the, all the way on their journey. Indeed. And even the best estate agents have concerns and worries. So if we can go on to the next slide, Holly, um, we, we went back out to the, 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 uh, to, 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 to the, the um, agents that took part in the state of industry report. Um, and we asked them what they're most concerned about as you look at the coming year. Um, and ne neck and neck um, were legisl uh, legislation and compliance and lack of stock. Um, pointing to our first point around winning landlords, you know, decreasing. Maybe this is informed by the fact they they are really concerned there's lack of stock. Um I think it's quite interesting to see legislation and compliance at the top of this list alongside lack of stock. Um, do you think that points towards, you know, the impending changes that we've got coming down the tracks that seem to have been held up, actually, which is, you know, completely understandable because of the pandemic. But we've got, you know, rental reform bill, which includes a number of changes, landlord registration, lifetime deposits, uh, abolishment of Section 21, just to name a few. We've got ROPA, um, you know, the, the, the potential tax changes, implications for landlords as well. Um, nothing in the budget yesterday uh, of note around property um, for our world. But, you know, that's still being discussed. Do you think because all of this is down the tracks, this is more of a worry? Or do you think it's because agents are now more focused on the fact that if we get this wrong, we understand the implications a lot more? Because I, I think five, six years ago, this wouldn't be anywhere near the top of the list uh, when it comes to concerns. Oh, I completely agree. And, and uh, in, 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 in the change of the last five years, and, and it's only going to increase. Look, the issue that we've got as an industry here is 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 several fold but principally we've got all of this legislation that's in place now and all the compliance that's required now and there's yet more to come and there's two ways that you can look at this quite frankly you can either look on this as as a pain and and you can say well it's it's a barrier both to business it's a barrier to landlords and so on and so forth or you can take a different paradigm and say it's an opportunity and it's an opportunity to work with people because let's face it this is the point if you're an investor, right, one of your options, one of your options is property, and there are other options. 
But those other options are also fraught with difficulties and challenges as well. Mm. I mean, not being funny, take a look at the stock market over the last few years. In property, we tend to sometimes be quite narrow. We only look at our own world. Well, if you look at the wider world in terms of other investment opportunities that are out there, they've also had all sorts of challenges. They've also got all sorts of additional compliance and legislative issues to address as well. So this is not just a property thing. This is right across the piece. And you know, in this world that we live in with the with the issues and, and, and challenges of, of money laundering and, and international you know, uh, issues around, around transference of money and so on, it's ever more, you know, I'm afraid, it's, it's an ever more regulated environment. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't matter about the legislation per se. It's the enforcement of the legislation that is the challenge. What's been lacking is an enforcement on those rogue agents, and not even just rogue agents, those incompetent agents and for that matter, those incompetent and or rogue landlords as well, who have not been compliant with the legislation. Now, my sense is that's going to ramp up, and it's going to ramp up because actually you've got tenants now who are a lot more savvy than they used to be. And they're, they're, and, they're, and, and by the way, if you think about the average time that somebody remains as a tenant, you know, when I started in this industry, the average age of a first-time buyer was in the early 20s. Various reports suggest now it's mid-30s. So on that basis alone, a tenant is a tenant for at least 10 years long. They they learn learn a few things along the way. So I can see increasing amounts of complaint and uh, and challenge around around a lack of of enforcement of, 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 of legal requirements. And that, over a period of time, could well cause a number of agents to uh, exit the, the industry because they'll just give up. They'll just say, do you know what? I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not what I want to do, which presents, therefore, a fantastic opportunity for the best agents to be able to get themselves up to speed. So this increase, it's funny, isn't it? So many agents, you talk about Ropa, so many agents are campaigning for licensing because they see that that would be a barrier, right, to entry. They would see that actually it would stop people just setting up shop as an agent overnight. Well, actually, legislation and compliance surely is in a similar, it's a cousin, it's a similar bed partner, mm. because in the same way, that should be acting as a barrier to the poor agents. Now, getting away with it, perhaps at the moment, because there isn't the enforcement. My opinion, I think that enforcement will come in as more and more uh, groups form, the, 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 the landlord groups that are out there, as, 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 as cases, get, uh, cases get greater airtime. My sense is, therefore, it's a great opportunity for the best agents to show off their ability to deal with the legislation, to highlight how they are compliant, and therefore, by you know, by um, association, those who are not. And that's where I think the best agents are going to. So, if you're an average agent and you're like, "Oh my God, I've got all this compliance," yes, you have. You know, you have. I'm sorry, and therefore, you've got two options: get with it or get out, because staying in the industry and not being compliant is no longer an option if it ever was right and you will end up you'll end up in trouble so my sense is actually you know it's you either step up or step out and, uh, and no, those, those I, are the options i i i would agree and i think the the point around legislation and compliance the fact that it's a concern i can understand that because you know there's there's much change coming down the tracks it's relatively relatively confusing. Um, you know, I would argue maybe as an industry we have not invested enough to ensure that we're you know we're all at a, a, a at a consistent level of understanding. Therefore, we can educate our customers in the right way. But we are getting there, and I think the emphasis should be that actually you know we we push and push to get there as quickly as possible because this I think is the opportunity to convert the mass landlords that sit outside letting agency services into letting agency services. Because I would like to think that the vast majority of um, of individual landlords out there that aren't utilising the service of a letting agent actually are fumbling around a little bit in the dark. Um, and I'm pretty confident that they don't have the support, the understanding of the structure to manage some of the legislative changes coming down the tracks. And therefore, as you rightly point out, that's the opportunity of agents. It's it's making the, the invisible visible, like you say, and also getting that balance right of not scaring customers, but merely pointing out that, you know, Appreciate you, you, you're weighing up whether to use an agent or not as a landlord. Here's why I would. And if you don't, here's what you need to do. 
And actually, you're not helping landlords not use you. I think what you're doing is highlighting clearly that, you know, fine, go on your own. I'm not here to, to pressure you into this. But if you do, just be aware that there's, you know, what, 44, I think, 45 different le- levels of legislation you have to follow. And that's before you can go down the rabbit holes of, of process, procedure, uh, managing the property, property management, et cetera. So I, I, I'm with you on this. I think this, I understand the concern, but I also would argue this is a massive opportunity to, to re-educate landlords on why they should be involved in your business. Completely. And, and I think, you know, our, you know, our surveys are actually... Um, our surveys address or, or rather research the the landlords and the tenants and the sellers and the buyers as opposed to the agents okay i mean we, we carry out our assessment of agents um but we, we but we our surveys are actually there and i've just i was just looking at one of the questions we ask uh, and by the way ollie this survey was carried out three months ago so it's, you know, it's right 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 in the moment um we asked what are your top five concerns and uh, and there's a big long list and by the way, uh, I actually found out this morning. I wasn't even aware that we do this. Um, every time the, the list goes out, it, 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 it's randomised. In other words, in case there's any bias of question one, so every, mm. everybody who gets it will get a different order of questions. And makes um, sense. You know, the, the folk at Good Lord are really are really good at this. And uh, um, and the other thing that we've done is um, other. So other than the the options we gave this year was only three percent because each year we dive into the others. And, and, and then we try to make sure that we include them the following year. So we, you know, our goal is to get other down to zero. So in other words, we cover off a lot, a lot, a lot of things. So the top three concerns that the, the, the landlords have, the number one is that the tenant does not damage the property. Uh, the number two is that the tenant pays on time. And the number three is the quality of the tenant. And that has all sorts of implications around things like not upsetting the neighbours and, and, being, and, and being good there. Making a profit, 14%. Right? Only, now, they had, five, they had five choices, they could put, they, and only 14% of them selected making a profit as one of them. Um, and, and, it, and in terms of uh, uh, keeping up to date with legislation and the law, 46%. Mm. So what that tells me is that actually, as opposed to the we can get you more money. We can we can make you you know have a higher rental. I'm not saying that is not a concern, and please do not think that I'm suggesting that, that it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is of much greater concern is actually keeping up to date with the legislation and adhering to the law. That's what the landlords are telling us. And this survey, we've been doing it for 15 years, okay, and every year 30,000 people take part. So you know, it's pretty comprehensive and. Um, and it's, it's in fact, it's the largest survey of its kind in, in, in the country. And, you know, therefore people go, oh, not in my area. And it's like, no, it is in your area, actually. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just, it just is. You know, these, these are facts and, and you know, you, we can debate them, but they are, the, the, it's over and over and over. The, the legislative issues, landlords are becoming increasingly concerned about them being compliant uh, as well as their agent. So agents, again, the good agents have got a great opportunity to demonstrate this and to also justify and to validate why they charge a premium fee. Indeed. Of course, you can find a cheaper agent, but have, have they all the, have, can they satisfy you that they will keep you, Mr. Landlord, compliant in all of these different areas? And then you have a choice to make. You know, do you want to take a chance on this or do you want to be secure knowing that actually you are being properly looked after and protected? And, and you know, that's where I think, you know, the the proper trusted advisor, the agent that, that goes beyond just the transactional, will really, really have uh, uh, has got an opportunity now to, to, to move further ahead in the game by using this concern that's there. So mm. great to see that, that, that this, is a con- this is a concern that agents have. I think it's an opportunity as well, though. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and from a tenant's perspective, um, you know, tenants' life within lettings has changed um, quite considerably. You know, it used to be an extremely expensive process to move, no matter how you cut it up. You know, tenant fees were, were relatively large. They've, of course, now um, gone out of the industry as of the, the tenant fee out in June 2019. We also surveyed tenants around this. So this is feeding back into the landlord point you just made. So if we can go on to the next slide, Holly. Um, 
we asked tenants, how do they feel about the future of the lettings industry? Um, and what's interesting here is that actually year on year, 2020 to 2021, um, tenants have, have gone down 10 points. Um, they feel less optimistic, uh, arguably, um, are, are going to do a very optimistic um, um, cohort here, cohort here uh, than they did a year ago. Um, and you see those numbers drop even in the somewhat optimistic uh, uh, cohort. Um, it's increasing around neither optimistic or pessimistic. I don't really know. I think that's a shrug of their shoulders. Um, but you can actually see somewhat pessimistic has increased as well. Now, I, I, I wonder why this is, because I actually think agents have have outperformed you know, in the last 15 or 18 months. They've gone above and beyond. I mean, they were, were going into properties, helping maintenance be sorted at a time when nobody was leaving their house. So um, this, I certainly think this is not a reflection of the agents. I, I wonder whether this is a reflection, though, of the pandemic itself in terms of coming out the back end of quite a troublesome time. Potentially, they've had to balance finances. They've had to go into payment plans. Um, and actually, that in itself is, is stuttering optimism, but also the fact that there is so little stock out there at the moment. So when tenants are going to look for new properties to maybe upgrade or, or move, make a sideways move, that property isn't there. I can imagine that's going to cause some kind of anxiety in terms of, OK, what's my next step here? Because I don't feel like I'm ready to, to maybe purchase a property. Do you think that's a fair reflection, Peter, of this of this kind of survey? Um, well, it, 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 it certainly it certainly is a common common theme. I think um, we we we've had a property academy. We've had the benefit for actually twenty five years because before property academy, I used to work with him of working with a man called Roger Martin Fagg, who's a behavioural economist. And Roger used to work for the Treasury. He's worked in various banks. He uh, He's a lecturer or was at, at Ashridge Management. He, you know, the guy's, the guy's got a, an incredible CV. And he um, he called before, or as we went into lockdown, he, he, he basically said, your biggest concern when we come out of this is going to be delivering a service to meet the demand that is going to be out there and, um, and, and, and having the right staffing levels. Roger called all the... All the, all the announcements yesterday in the budget about how about how the economy has performed better than 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 the so-called experts um forecast roger and we've got him recorded all this roger um nailed all of this beforehand so our members have had the benefit of 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 his insight and wisdom and he's consistently right he's called the results of the last three general elections he called the trump victory six months ahead of time he called Biden's victory six months at a time and said it's going to happen when he appoints a female vice president running mate, probably a woman of colour. And he absolutely nailed it. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is I'm not surprised that people are pessimistic if their source of information is the Daily Mail and Karen on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, those two combined, which is probably for a lot of people where they're getting their news and, and updates from, you know, absolutely, they, they, you know, it's, a, it's a cesspit of negativity, right? And the reality is we're in such positive shape overall. Now, except, of course, if someone's out of work or unemployed or ill through COVID or long COVID or whatever, of course, of course, I'm not trying to be dismissive of, of individuals. But you take a collective position. I think we're in a really great place, frankly. And, mm-hmm. and therefore, yes, I, I think the job of, of the best agents is to help those tenants, or as I prefer, residents, to feel super confident about it. So a little initiative that, again, Spencer Lawrence of Paramount has has, has introduced, which I think is brilliant. He's cancelled property inspections. They're now called property reviews. Now, you might say that's just a change of language, but it's not. It's much more than that. As opposed to coming around a property and saying to a tenant, "Are you looking after it properly?" and uh, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna fine you if you if you if you don't. Instead, the property review is, can we help you to make the, the property better? Are there repairs that needed to be carried out to make your lifestyle better? Except working with them. The consequences, Spencer's average tenancy now is 48 months. Mm. Now, what do you think the landlords feel about that in terms of having a consistently good tenant that pays on time, that looks after the property? And what's more, they're carrying out the repairs that are needed in the tenancy. They'll move somebody in and say, oh, by the way, in six months' time, we're going to change that living room carpet. Oh, really? Yes. And we'll do it when you're on, on a weekend away or three days away. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll take care of the whole, whole thing. Or we'll change that bathroom. And if you're still here in 18 months, the bathroom will be changed. Again, we'll do it when you go on holiday. I mean, how, you know, tenants are sitting there going, wow, this is amazing because they've got this properly planned. So I think what we need to really change in our mindsets here is, yes, we may be paid by the landlord, but we also have a duty of care to, to residents 
to make them feel, and they should be, central to this. I th- really feel that this is this is a, a, a moment of change where the tenant or the resident actually moves centre stage here. And what we've got to try to do is to make sure that as opposed to creating combative, negative relationships with, 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 with you know, with, with, with the agent sitting there championing, you know, the causes of the landlord, actually the best agents are championing the residents' needs as well back to the landlords, which comes back to the smallest viable audience piece, which is to work with people, both landlord and resident, who appreciate premium who want a good, but I'm not talking about upmarket, i.e. expensive, at every level, you know, for a property to be in good, safe condition, clean, tidy, well-maintained. You know, these are the basic minimums that we should be providing as an industry. And we shouldn't be entertaining those landlords that, quite frankly, do dismiss that and don't want to be involved. Or leave that, leave that, leave that to others. The best agents will be being much more selective. So I think it's it's concerning to see that data, uh, Ollie, in terms of tenant, tenant sentiments. But I think there's a lot that we can do individually amongst our own businesses with our own tenants to cause them to feel actually the complete opposite to that and to feel very good about the whole process. Yeah, and, and what's great about that is it's aligning the objectives of the two parties there. You know, you're aligning the objectives of the tenant with the objectives of the landlord. And that synergy is only going to be super positive for both stakeholders, but also their businesses. But that their businesses also, as we as we talked about earlier, have substantial challenges down the way. There's substantial change going to affect our market moving forwards. Um, and we highlighted on the next slide um, the change, I think, around yeah, Section 21 uh, and what impact would the repeal of Section 21 have on the private rented sector? Um, unsurprisingly, um, tenants are for this. Uh, 38%, um, 8% of agents, actually, which is is relatively surprising, um, uh, are, are major and positive uh, on this one. Um, that majority of agents um, uh, seem to think that actually this has, has um, a major and negative effect, and I can understand that. Um, this change is something that's been hotly discussed uh, for quite some time. It now looks like the um, the legislation is some way off, actually. We're still waiting on a white paper from the government that was uh, promised as soon as possible. Um, it feels like that could come before Christmas, but let's not cross our fingers. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not sure it will. Um, do you see any positives in the repeal of Section 21 at all for letting agents uh, and landlords? I think I, th- I think it heralds a new era. I think I think the whole relationship needs to be looked at, as I said earlier, rather than this combative sort of, you know, the landlord has all the rights and the tenant is scum. Um, and, you know, I, for many many years, I have been uh, all for the four you know the four dimensional customer. I've been a, a property owner, uh, you know, I've been a buyer, I've been a seller, I've been a landlord, and I've been a tenant. And in fact, right now, I, my, my the house I'm actually living in at the moment is is on the market. I'm a seller. Mm. Uh, I'm not a buyer though. I'm going to I'm going to rent. Okay. Um, and it's really fascinating, Ollie, when you turn up and speak to agents. So I'm thinking of selling my house. Oh, hello, Mr. Knight. Please come this way. Red carpet. I'm looking at renting. <laughs> Wrong department. They're all yeah. out. It's quite extraordinary. I'm exaggerating to make a point. It's quite extraordinary sure. the difference in, uh, in, in still to this day that is prevalent around the attitudes towards people uh, who turn up wearing different hats in, in, in that four-dimensional way. Um, look, Section 21 was there absolutely for a for a reason, and you know it's absolutely right that that people, you know, landlords should should have rights. Of course, they should around expectancy of being paid for the properties that they're providing, and, and they should have an expectancy that the tenant will look after those properties and so on. So, what this means in simple terms is we've got to front end it. So, rather than relying on processes at the back end when things go wrong. It accentuates and accelerates the need to get the processes in place at the front to make sure that we are vetting people. And let's be really direct and honest here. Referencing in many respects, not all, but in many respects, is a joke in terms of the depth that it goes into. I think we've got to have far more rigor around the whole process of making sure that we're matching the right people with the right property. And you know, this is where the, the best agents will outperform the others, because as opposed to a you know, throw enough mud against the wall, some of it will stick approach. Instead, by being really, really 
um, diligent in their assessment of, of, of each individual uh, uh, tenant and their appropriateness and their track record. This is why where perhaps things like the passports and so on will help in terms of you know helping people to build up not only a credit score, but a, a record in terms of their performance as a tenant over time will, will, will help. So my sense is that We've got to deal with it. I mean, you know, we can sit around, quite frankly, and bitch and moan about all these changes. But the fact is, if they're coming into play, we've got to deal with it. So rather than waste energy on, you know, the rights and wrongs of it and getting irate and jumping on industry forums and, you know, let's face it, not being not being wishing to be rude, but the, the absence of anything relating to the lettings industry and the budget yesterday just goes to show you actually how little influence, you know, any of the uh, um, the industry has, quite frankly, on 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 government thinking. I mean, you know, it, it really is, uh, you know, uh, quite 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 appalling. And it, know, it's con- it's staggering, Peter. And the fact is. that for for twenty plus years now, you know, this side of the sector has propped up, frankly, a housing crisis, um, and it still gets the lack of attention uh, that we saw yesterday, and, and ongoing actually, and, and also a lack of understanding really of what the what the levers are in order to make this a better experience for all parties. Um, I think that's the frustration agents have. It's not that there's change. It's not that, that you know, tenants should have more rights or landlords have less rights. I think it's, it's, it, it smacks of a lack of understanding. And I really do hope that the the new um, establishment uh, in the Department of Leveling Up Housing and Communities um, is, is looking at this and thinking actually, we're going to sit around the table with as many agents, landlords and tenants as we can. Um, not just the, not just the parties that, that bang those drums, the actual people on the ground, because if they do that, then I would hope that when this action is taken, we're seeing a major and positive result of it for all parties. Um, I'm conscious of time and, and, and our, our viewers have been fantastic um, sticking, sticking on as we've slightly overrun. Um, we also dipped back into the pool of, of change um, and asked about the impact of uh, the introduction of lifetime deposits. And this is something actually that um, if you'd asked me sort of eight months ago, I would have said, <laughs> this isn't coming for a long, long time. I'm not aware that any work has been done on this, whereas actually the governments have, um, have, have raced this through. And actually this is now looking like one of the probably first things um, to be um, to be um, sort of noted, um, and actually one of the priorities of the white paper uh, under the Rental Reform Act, as I understand it. So um, expect to see this news coming out relatively soon, but also expect this to be a thing. Um, I think that maybe at the time, I certainly sat there and thought, well, I'm not quite sure how they're going to do this. It looks like it's going to be a third-party process. It looks like it's going to be almost like an insurance hybrid process. But um, indeed, we're waiting for more news from the government. But interestingly, um, tenants see this as a massive benefit. Um, 17% of agents see this as a massive benefit too. Um, I wonder here, um, for for anybody under that, whether maybe agents um, are, are thinking about the granular too much here. Because Surely, if lifetime deposits works, and that's a if, uh, and you know, the devil is definitely in the detail here, but if the government and the, the parties involved do get their act together on this, surely this is a, just a, a win-win for all parties. As long as the landlords continue to be covered, as long as agents don't have more paperwork to do, this must be a win-win for all parties, surely. Well, I think, it, again, it comes back to this role, the role of the agent. You know, it's not about what one methodology is 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 a hundred percent right for everybody everyone and, and another is 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 zero percent it's a balance and and for in certain situations my sense is that you know, a conventional deposit will be appropriate and in other situations perhaps um you know one of the one of the uh, new, newer schemes in terms of uh, no, no, you know, insurance backed deposits or lack of deposits is, uh, might be appropriate and and this will be i think what agents have got to do though is is assess what is right for each individual transaction? What's right for their landlord, and what is right for their for their resident tenant? And you know, and 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 you know, I I welcome the diversity of options, quite frankly, because mm. it should enable, done properly, done well, for the process to become a lot more uh, effective and 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 indeed efficient. So, look, I think like all these things, it's, it's horses for courses. And as opposed to going all in on one or all in on another, instead saying, okay, we've now got some options here. What's best for each individual transaction? What's best for each individual customer of ours? And 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 and, and recommend and advise accordingly. And that's where this trusted advisor piece comes in and is so important. Yeah, and, and that flexibility and that um that choice, I think, um, like you say, can only be a positive thing, also on the basis that everybody's educated around what those choices are. Um yes. and I think that's absolutely vital that both tenants and landlords understand 
um, exactly what the choice that they're making is. And as long as that's the case, then um, agents are centre stage then to help accommodate and consult in, in a very meaningful way, which, again, I think is just a, just a positive thing. Um, we, we have indeed run out of time, unfortunately. Um, so thank you to everybody that has uh, has attended. Um, in terms of any further questions, if you'd like to reach out to either myself, Good Lord, or Peter, please do. Um, we'll more than happily answer any questions that you may have. And apologies for, for slightly overrunning this morning, but um, hopefully a very worthwhile conversation with Peter. Um, as, as, as you've heard, Peter um, heads up the Property Academy. Um, they indeed are a um, specialised member group for owners and directors of lettings and property management operations um, who, wants, who wish to fulfil their leadership and business potential. If you want a free trial if, as part of this membership, you can reach out to Susie on the details below. We will be sharing these slides with you, so please do indeed, if you're interested to understand how a free trial could benefit your business and get further insights from the Property, property Academy, please indeed do reach out to Susie on those details. And um, for anybody wanting to know more uh, about the industry report that we did, again, that's downloadable through our news agent site online. You do not have to be one of our customers to benefit from that content. Please use it as much as possible. Take its evaluations. Use it as part of your, your discussions with tenants or your marketing details. Um, you know, hopefully it, it, it is helpful and we're seeing plenty of agents utilize that, good law customers or not. If you do want to be a Goodlaw customer, of course, I'm certainly not going to stop you. Um, so please do jump onto goodlaw.co forward slash book a call and we can have a demonstration and show you exactly why our award-winning platform is helping letting agents across the UK simplify the lettings process and indeed improve the revenue and landlord counts within their business. For today, though, thank you very much, Peter. Thank you so much for your time. Some fantastic insights there. I think that's been really worthwhile yeah. uh, and very much enjoyed having you on this morning. Well, thank you very much for having me, Ollie, and thank you to all the team as well at uh, Goodlord for all that you're doing in terms of uh, uh, all the advice you're giving and all the quality of in information that is being that is being uh, distributed. It, it really is first class. So thank you very much indeed. And thank you, everybody, um, for attending this either live or, or if you're watching on Catch Up. And uh, uh, as Ollie says, if I can help, um, you don't have to be a member. Similarly, if I can help, if anybody wanted to get in touch with me, if there's things that I can help you with, I'd be delighted to do so. So, th Ollie, th thanks very much. Thanks very much, Peter. Take care now. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.